Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. Joining me today on the show is Suchi Nijawan. Suchi is the Senior Vice President, Global Human Resources and New Verticals at Eka Software Solutions. Welcome to our show, Suchi. Thanks, Yashwal. Thank you so much, Springworks. Yeah, our pleasure to just have you on our show today. And I'm sure the conversation that we are having will be a lot of benefit to our listeners. Sure. Uh, uh, Suchi, we just want to understand uh, for our benefit and for our listeners' benefit, uh, about your journey from the career that you started after your graduation. And then at some point you would have just thought that, okay, you want to get into the HR as a profession. So uh, why did you choose HR as your profession? So let me take you a little bit back, um, you know, further tell you uh, about my journey. I've had a very interesting uh, ride. I started as an intern with a fashion magazine during my college years. Okay. Because I had a profound love for writing and then freelance for a couple of years to earn, uh, you know, my pocket money. Mm-hmm. This was before my MBA. My actual career though started with Polaris in Chennai and the defining career move for me was in 2008 uh, prior to ECA when I worked for a media spend um, uh, optimization and analytics product startup that was called Clickable. It's since been sold twice over. Um, and a lot of people advised me at that time. You know, I had a cushy big company job at Polaris, don't leave this up uh, okay. for a startup. Right. But I'm an entrepreneur's daughter. And if there is one thing that has taught me is that you're not going to get to be uh, where you want to be without some level of risk taking. So I took that job. And that was when uh, I fell in love with uh, high growth cultures, fast moving startups. And that's the reason why I joined Eka back in 2010. Mm. Uh, it was then a three and a half year old startup. Uh, growing at a very rapid pace in a very niche segment, unheard of industry as far as India is concerned. And that sort of excited and challenged me. So um, that's the day. And today, 11 and a half years later, I'm still here. Eka is yes. no longer a startup, but that high growth, fast paced culture is something. And um, I'm no longer in HR, but I've grown in the business role as well. So uh, interestingly, you asked me why I chose HR, right? Yes, uh, yes. I chose HR for all the wrong reasons back in MBA. <laughs> okay, okay. I didn't have the fancy reasons for joining, uh, you know, like my natural love for people, my natural love for making them productive, etc., etc. I joined HR for a very simple reason. Mm-hmm. I thought, and it was my opinion, basis, whatever discussions I'd had with people, that HR was a job which was the most relaxed and in comparison, a highly paying job. So my reasons were all wrong. And this is, you know, you're a newbie in the world and you're bright eyed. um, But then I stayed in HR, not because I had a low IQ, but because I had a great combination of both high IQ and high EQ. So my reasons for being uh, or starting in HR might not have been rightly founded but the reasons for staying in HR are definitely justifying where I am today. And I'm absolutely happy to be a proud human resource professional. Yes. 
know, 11 and a half years of stint of yours in Nika Solution itself says that, okay, what would, could be your contribution from a three-year company to a, a, a no more startup company? So right. that, that, show, that shows all that, okay, what is the passion? What is the love that you developed for an HR over the period of time? And then what is your contribution for what Eka Solutions is today? So excellent. Uh, that's, that's nice, Shuchi. Uh, Shuchi, uh, you had mentioned uh, in one of the LinkedIn articles that I was just reading, uh, the articles that uh, 70% of your team, including uh, you, are a plus HR. So from the time that I read that plus HR, it was always tickling in my mind, okay, what do you mean by plus HR? And I want to really know more about it. Can you throw some more light on that, Shuchi? Sure. So you see, I believe if you must be consistently relevant as a business partner to the business, then you have to understand it, right? And what better way to understand it than own a portion of it? That's why Plus HR. Because the philosophy centers around why HR needs to do more than just human resources to understand the business it enables. You know, I have a business role where I'm accountable for PNL. And across this role, I'm responsible for product, product marketing, pre-sales and sales. The whole life spectrum from the incubation to actually seeing the projects live and impacting the lives of the users, right? So I get to see what and how people do at work, uh, not just hear about it from them or their managers. I mean, I'm looking at it live, right? Yes. And I can assess their potentials. And that gives me a tremendous power of um, actually helping them in their next levels in the career, right? So uh, pivoting their careers to even what they did not imagine and utilizing them in areas where potential problems can be solved at the organization even when there is no real role open in the organization. Mm. We've done several career transitions from my, um, from my team. So people from the HR team have assumed roles in BA, in strategy, in consulting teams, not only within my organization, but they have transcended outside of my organization also in the same way. Mm. Uh, and people in my team are also launching an HR product right now. So my directs are assuming business roles in plus HR to elevate their own business understanding as well as standing in the ecosystem because it is it is sort of heard of that people move from other roles to human resources, but it's really a thought leadership that can we make um, HR and plus HR successful in transcending roles from human resources to the business side and therefore becoming more relevant to the business in the process. Yeah, no, that's an excellent thought because people coming from the other domain, other divisions to the HR is uh, something that we have already always heard of. Sure. But somebody moving from HR to the business role definitely makes a huge difference because the whole business depends on understanding people. The first thing is understanding people in business. Understanding uh, um, uh, people generates huge businesses, good businesses, what we can get. And the people already in the HR moving to the businesses, definitely I think there would be a good results uh, that they could really get in for for an organization. It's, it's a great thought, definitely. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so again, one more uh, article that I was just uh, reading of yours uh, on uh, strategy desk. Okay. You talked about emotional quotient being uh, one of the reasons you picked HR. I think we also discussed a little bit about that in the beginning of the talk that we actually started. Okay. So in your opinion, what is the emotional quotient and uh, what role does it play in people managers in Shuchi? Right. So if I were to explain it to you in a layman term, we have two minds and two brains, and therefore two different kinds of intelligence, right? There's the rational, and then there's the emotional. Emotional. While the rational is the technical skills or the actual intelligence required to perform the drill, the emotional is scored around the four components of awareness. 
So that's the awareness of self, the management of self, the awareness of social context and uh, empathy mm-hmm. and management of these other relationships, right? Mm-hmm. So these four components. Now for people managers, IQ is a threshold competence, but that doesn't make you a star. EQ can. Yes. Classic case of COVID. Remote employees and remote work was a leveling um, thing for a lot of people. But I consistently see, as I'm sure a lot of other uh, listeners uh, and I'm sure a lot of other people would actually agree is that the ones that are really succeeded during this time are those that didn't succumb to external and internal stress and managed it well. That showed empathy to peers, subordinates and superiors. And that wouldn't come naturally to you unless you have a high level of EQ or you have worked on developing a high level of EQ, either of these. But I I would really say for people managers, um, COVID has really been a great validation for all of us to know that you're only going to be successful in an unknown circumstance if you have a higher level of EQ. Yes. Very truly said, because we also just see whenever we're having a conversation with the fellow colleagues of ours, a small concern to somebody will elate their confidence level so much that they know that okay, if they're at all they're undergoing any of the challenges, there is somebody to just listen to them. That itself is a great support for them. So forget giving them the support at the, at the desk actually, but this a small concern that we just show them and then having that kind of an emotional connect to somebody to actually help them boost their confidence, boost their uh, faith in the organization, faith in, faith in their fellow beings, and then ultimately uh, have a very peaceful uh, growth forward, both in the organization and self. Yes. Right. Okay. True, true. Absolutely. Yes. So uh, I was also just saying that, okay, uh, about your post on remote work. Okay, what interested really uh, for me in that is that uh, since remote work has become so much common these days, there are a lot of people that are just praising that uh, remote working a lot. But often we forget that the remote work is not for everyone. So we need to uh, understand that okay, it doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. So do you have any tips that you can just give to the people managers for remote work, especially when uh, in this kind of situation, it's a need of the hour? Right. So from personal experience, I can tell you that exercising empathy is really important. Right, because different people have different circumstances riding at home. You could have aging parents, you could have young children. I have a six year old and he's mm-hmm. rambunctious. Yes. And in the times when you don't have, uh, you can't have children going out to school, you can't have children going out to play as much because of the consistent threat. What do you do? You have to rein them in, right? Yes. So people have to be really empathetic to the cause that there will be times when you're not leveling or getting your A game to work. You are possibly a little distracted. Be okay with that. I mean, it is human at the end of the day. And we're all not able to fully concentrate at times. So long as your work is getting done, uh, that's all that matters. And people are responsible. People are conscious. If they drop the thread right now, they will pick it up later in the day. So please exercise empathy as a people manager or as a manager. And I would say a fellow human being, just exercise empathy. Then I would think over-communication is is perfect under these circumstances because there's nothing called over-communication now. I mean, you don't physically see people in person. Information doesn't spread in the same way. So leaders need to do the heavy lifting to evangelize even the smallest of message, right? We we have these days in our office, we have uh, no meetings day on Fridays 
because in the other days sometimes you have to over communicate with people right. right and that seems to work for us but does put an extra burden on us and that is all fine because that is the need of the hour but right. my recommendation would be uh, to over communicate so like i said number 1 is empathy number 2 would be over communication number 3 would be to try and build um, the connectivity as much as you can Uh, as things tend to become very transactional in nature now you're all discussing work right so you are write down in the brass tacks even on a uh, whatsapp call even on a phone call even on a teams yes. so make it a little humane yes. because there is a tendency to become transactional in nature so mm. make it a little humane and try to build that connectivity that would be number 3 yes number 4 would be of course and i'm sure most of the companies have napped it but equip your teams with the right set of productivity tools it's really important right we have teams and another tool working for us um on to, in terms of productivity another organization can adopt whatever they need but these are the tools that are the need of ours i mean you have to use digitization and technology to the best of your advantage yes. so please do that establish daily check-ins and please realize this is not a sprint it's a marathon you do yes. not know when this will com- continue till when this will continue right. for an organization like springworks like you mentioned you're going to be fully remote right. so for you this is a marathon uh, that means you're in this for a long haul mm. so if we are in this for a marathon i would recommend again and i reiterate over communicate um empathize try to build connectivity equip your team with uh, technology and productivity tools and establish daily check-ins think if you're able to do just these five things really really well you have napped it right right excellent very well said <clears throat> okay so yeah something that i was just looking at common between eka solutions and then springworks as an organization is uh, the blockchain uh, shuchi so we are always talking about uh, we should be future ready and things like that we have been discussing for quite a while now and uh, what are your thoughts on the tech uh, blue blockchain as a technology and do you think that it's a technology for the future and uh, uh, in in your in your opinion uh, is it here to stay for long very interesting that you asked that question because it, it is one of the technologies of the future right yes. but the surrounding processes to help it enable those processes have to also change i mean there has to be real meaningful change I was working with the Coffee Board of India on implementing the world's mm. first ever blockchain-based coffee marketplace. Right? Mm. This is the this is a big deal because it's the world's first ever coffee-based uh, uh, blockchain-based coffee marketplace in the world. In implementing that, we realized that ground-level processes also needed to be altered so that mm. blockchain could be successful. And a lot of thinking needs to go into that. So. then there is the people who are circumspect about so much transparency and openness that blockchain enables but um, on the other side i think the world will come around to that if we have these days openness on social media twitter facebook insta and linkedin and if that's anything to go by the openness could also be an ultimate goal that we could reach so uh, from 2017 when eka's journey in blockchain started we have reached just baby steps now it's a long time coming these are things that will take time but is it the technology of the future yes it has the power to uh, make immutable changes in the world and help the world in real meaningful ways but my 
personal belief is any technology is only good as good as the surrounding processes that it has right. and for right. um for um blockchain to be successful you have to really make those processes more meaningful for blockchain to be successful so blockchain is only an enabling technology and is it the technology of the future yes it could be it has all the right ingredients it has all the right potential people are circumspect they will come around to it but people are also circumspect because they haven't seen fits transcending yes, yes. far and wide right and those benefits haven't happened because um you haven't seen that kind of adoption on account of the lack of surrounding processes i would say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that would be my two cents okay excellent yeah well said okay definitely as you rightly said technology it all depends on how we actually make use of it and then what is that we just get out of it is what that matters end of the day sure yes yes and uh, lastly uh, shuchi that uh, i would like to ask you one question from your linkedin post again okay about uh, how ekar doesn't only focus on uh, fancy degrees but uh, the overall experience of the candidates uh, that's what we have seen the trend of in uh, ekar when we had the initial discussions with you this is an increasing trend with a lot of companies adopting this tra- strategy these days do you think that the strategy helps to find the right kind of a talent uh, uh, for the for the tomorrow that we are just seeing absolutely absolutely and ek is a classic example of how uh, of a round peg when looking at talent uh, it matters what you've done but also what's your potential i'm not going to look at you from a nine box perspective but i will evaluate you for the richness of your experience right as uh, ek is chief of sustainability i'm putting together a combination team of subject matter experts and it those backgrounds so both combinations right people with pedigree subject matter expertise but people also from diverse backgrounds that have the potential and these are the people who can think differently because new problems in the newer world need newer and fresher perspectives True. it's not going to come from a box set of people um so your experience and your experiences matter not only your pedigree do i have the highest regard for it uh, I, but i don't think it's a determinant of success eventually okay um, it could give you a great pivot but eventually it's not um a determinant of uh, success but and personally i think you can get extraordinary work done from extraordinary people but that only makes you an ordinary manager right yes. but if you get extraordinary work done from ordinary people that makes you an extraordinary manager and makes them transcend from the ordinary to extraordinary that's why i think i succeed at my role and that's really what i want to do right very well said very well said yeah thanks for sharing that information and i think definitely this will be a lot of uh, help for many of the organizations who are just kind of thinking in out of the box to see how they can improve their productivity or how they can make the company grow in a uh, multiple forms yeah thanks so much to cheat was wonderful talking to you and we would love to t- talk more about this and then for our listeners but as always we are just uh, looking at the time constraint and then the number of topics that we covered and then the whole intent is this, to see that how our listeners are getting the maximum benefit of your experiences okay that's that's the end goal so thank, thank you so much for, yeah sure sure our pleasure thank you so much for being with us and then giving us your time okay i wish you all the best and stay safe shruti Thank you. I wish you the same. I wish all the listeners a safe and happy well-being. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care.